We come to you this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. You have been good to us. You have been faithful to us. You have blessed us beyond measure. You have given to us and provided for us. You have watched over us and cared for us. Truly, we ought to be grateful this morning for the blessings that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege this morning of being in your house and being able to worship you freely and openly to give glory and honor and praise to thy name. We give thanks to you this morning, Lord, that you have been faithful to us in keeping the church doors open and for those who have come and dedicated themselves and given themselves to you. And we just pray this morning, Lord, that you would be with us, that your presence would come and minister to us this morning in a very special way. We thank you, Lord, that there are other churches around that are worshiping just like us. And we call upon you, Lord, to to help us to continue on to be faithful to you, to serve you, to give glory and honor and praise to you. We thank you, Lord, for this great nation in which we live and for the freedoms that it has afforded us through our lifetime. And we pray that you would help us to protect and defend those freedoms that we have today, that your name would be lifted on high and that you would be acknowledged as the head of our nation. We think of our leaders, our president, the leaders of our nation today, and we pray for them, dear Lord, and just ask that your anointing would be upon them, that your blessing would be upon them. Lord, that you would give them wisdom and help them lead and guide them in everything that they do and the decisions they make that affect us all. We think this morning, Lord, of our military that's scattered across the world. And we pray for their safekeeping, that you would watch over and protect them and help as they defend us and keep us safe here at home. We pray for their families. We just ask, Lord, that your blessing would be upon them. We remember, Lord, in these last 24 hours, the two devastating shootings that have taken place, and we pray for the families of those who have lost their lives unnecessary we don't always understand Lord but we know that you're still in control and we still hold fast to the truth that you would never leave us you'll never forsake us you'll always be with us we think of those who are sick and we pray that you would be with them today dear Lord and just ask that you would touch their bodies physically and lift and encourage them strengthen them we pray for the needs of others Lord and Whatever their need might be, we just ask that you would supply the needs and bless and guide them and help them. And Lord, we ask today as we come and share in these moments together that the presence of thy Holy Spirit would take charge and just control each and everything that's done. And whatever we do today, that we might give glory and honor and praise to the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.
be here this morning. I always enjoy coming. And I have not, well, Connie called me the other day and uh, said to me, uh, I was back in the field and she called. She said, uh, I understand you're not on this trip. I said, no, I have other obligations and I couldn't make it this time. She said, well, it's just not going to be right without you here. And I said, well, no, it won't be the same. I will say that, but it might even be a little better. I don't know. But anyway, it's, uh, I, I know that they have had a good time, I'm sure. They always do. And I know that they've accomplished a lot. And I haven't heard anything from them since then. So I, uh, I don't have any report on that. But I know that uh, God will use them and help them as they minister to people uh, there in Kentucky and help out doing the things that uh, they love to do. Whenever you have, uh, whenever anybody mentions missions, I'm all in because that's just kind of my thing. I just love that, and I love uh, love going on. I got a phone call this morning. We had a we had a conference last week. Uh, for Fellowship of Christian Farmers, and and I talked to, uh, made a connection with a man there that's been going to Haiti, and they've been repairing wells so that they can the the, the pumps break, and nobody has the knowledge down there, I guess, to and and the wherewithal to rebuild the the pumps. So they uh, this this gentleman has a group that's been going down there and and uh, redo, rebuilding the pumps so that they can get fresh water again. Uh, close to home, called me this morning and said, well, we're going uh, going to be going again. He said, you expressed an interest. And I said, well, of course I'm interested. So uh, maybe we can go back and help once more uh, in Haiti. But those that's kind of my thing. But uh, Pastor Ron uh, asked me if I could uh, fill in for him this morning. Uh, my wife says that he never works. He's always getting somebody else to do his work for him. So I don't, I don't really believe that. And I, I do enjoy the messages that he brings and uh, the things that uh, he shares with us. Uh, you have a wonderful pastor here. I've known him all my life, and uh, his family come from a good family, and and uh, I hope you appreciate him as much as I do because he. Uh, He's a very sincere man, and I appreciate the, the ministry that he has built here. Most of you, if you have noticed in the news, if you watch the news at all, I'm kind of a news junkie, my wife said. I, I have to, but I, it's like I, I like to keep up on what's going on. Not that I have to know everything, but I like to know what's going on in the world around us. And uh, if you have watched the news in the last 24 hours, you're aware that there was two shootings, not just one, but two, and many people lost their lives. Unfortunately, this is beginning to be almost an accepted thing or expected. If we don't have one for a while, people start talking about, well, it's been a while. But I, I want to share with you this morning just a, a, for a few moments about uh, uh, knowing the signs. This is the times that we're living in, and this is the times that Jesus talked about and the times that Scripture teaches us about. Unfortunately, I think we're coming to the end of times when all of these things are going to start taking place. 
And as they do, I think we ought to be aware of a lot of the things that are taking place and how they're going to affect us. We have lived in a society where we have had a wonderful military. They have protected us on our homeland tremendously. But that could change. And there are others who say that there's not going to be an attack on us. They're just going to destroy us from within. And the signs are there. But this morning I want to share with us, if you could, um, knowing some of the signs. I know we talk about these things on a daily basis, but I don't know if we, if we get the big picture. You know, when I was in school, we had driver's education in school. And one of the things they taught us was when you're driving, you don't focus on one thing, you get the big picture. So I want to see if we can help you get the big picture this morning on knowing some of the signs of the coming of Christ and the things that will take place beforehand. And in Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to use a 14 verses there, and it's not, I'm not going to keep you too long, but uh, I want to read the first four verses for you. And it says uh, in chapter 24 in Matthew, it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show them the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall be left here, not, let, not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And then later on, he was, says, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall all these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. For in verse 5 he says, Many will come in my name. There's going to be many people come claiming to be Christ or be a form of Christ or be a form of somebody who is going to try to usurp their authority and show people that they can do miraculous things. Many are going to come in his name that are false witnesses. They're going to say that they're Christ, and they're not. And I don't think there's going to be any question about who Christ is when he comes, but there's going to be many who will be deceived along the way because they don't know the Scripture. They don't know the big picture. They don't know the understanding of the Scripture of, that explains to us when he will come. And it says that they will deceive many. Many people are going to be separated out and they're going to be deceived because they don't know the Scripture. It's important that we get into our Bibles, get into the Scripture and allow the Spirit to lead you, allow the Scripture to speak to you and the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you and give you the wisdom from the Scripture that Christ intended for us to have. And I would urge you from this point on because we are coming into the last days when Christ is going to return. 
And I'm not going to tell you when he is because it says no man knows. But I'm telling you that we're coming into that because the signs are there for the second coming. But he says these are things that must come to pass. These are things that must come to pass. These are things that are going to happen. This was written over 2,000 years ago. Isn't it amazing that we can take the newspaper today and lay it out on the table and lay our Scripture beside it and you can almost see some of the similarities there because their Scripture teaches us exactly what the paper is telling us? But Jesus said then, but the end is not yet. In verse 7 he says, nation shall rise against nation. Wow, that's... A revelation, isn't it? Do you watch the news? Nations will rise against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes. Wow. Are we seeing the big picture? It's here. These things are here. They're upon us. And in verse 8, he says, all of these things are the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of sorrows. If you think this world is going to improve and get better, I'm here to tell you it's not. Not to be the deliverer of bad news or or a pessimistic outlook but it's just a reality that it's not going to get any better than it is and if you think that you have uh, been able to skirt all these things and you've been able to uh, uh, bury your head in the sand so to speak and hope that when you pull your head out everything is okay just like the way you want it to be verse 9 says they shall deliver you up to be afflicted your friends are going to give you up When they're under pressure, they're going to give you up. Oh, he's a Christian. Don't look at me, but look at him. He's a Christian. Verse 9 says, they will kill you. Christians, they will kill you. ISIS, they say they they have to kill Christians. They're infidels. They're going to kill us. Their intention is to kill us because we won't convert, because we won't, won't uh, surrender ourselves to somebody other than Christ under, un, un, unto God. It says you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. If you're a friend of Israel, you'll be hated. Have you listened to the news lately? They don't like Israel. God's chosen people. He, they belong to Him. He has chosen them as His favorite people. And He's warned us that anyone who turns against Israel will be punished. And yet most of the world does. In verse 10 He says, And then shall many be offended. Many shall be offended, and they'll betray one another. They're going to give you up. They're going to betray you. They're going to trick you. 
And not only that, but they're going to hate one another. Have you, have you been experiencing or have you experienced in the past the hate of someone, the dislike of someone, the disdain of someone? They're going to hate us. It has nothing to do with us personally. It's a conviction upon the hearts of people who are unsaved that they don't want you to be better than them. They don't want to be around you because the presence of God is is in you and, and comes flowing from you. And it creates a conviction upon their hearts. Verse 11, he says there, and many false prophets shall arise. Many false prophets. People are going to come and tell you half scriptures and half truths and try to persuade you to their thinking. And the sad part of it is in the last half of, of verse 11, it says, and, and shall deceive many. They shall deceive many people. If we don't know the scripture, if we don't know what God has written for us and had, had these people write for us in the scripture and give us his wisdom and his guidance and his instruction. If we don't instill that within our hearts and in our minds, then when time comes, we'll be deceived because we won't know and we won't understand. And then verse 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many will wax cold. Those who you think are your friends, those who are kind of, you know, just passive and, uh, well, we're okay with everything. We'll just, everything is okay. We'll just let it be. Whatever it is, it is. But those are going to wax colder and colder as the pressure comes. And people put pressure on you to convert to something other than Christianity. But I like verse 13 there because it says, but he that shall endure to the end. But he that shall endure to the end. He that holds fast. He that continues on. He that gets the big picture. He that sees that eternal hope. He shall be saved. Aren't you glad that we have that hope and that promise this morning? How do people get through life without experiencing the salvation that Christ provided for us and the, the eternal hope that he gives us? When will he come? I'm always amazed when I hear people say, oh, November 1st, 2 p.m., join me on the mountain. Jesus is going to return. He's going to take us home. Sell all of your goods and give me your money, and we'll meet on the mountain. And Jesus will take you all home, and I'll have all your money. It's, it's, it's almost comical to me, but it's sadly People are going to fall for this. They believe in this. It's happened in the past, and it'll happen more in the future. But Matthew 24, 36 says, No man knows the day or the hour the Son of Man will return. No man. So 
Right there is rule number one. If somebody tells you that Jesus is going to return on a certain day at a certain time, you already know they're off track. Matthew 24, 36 tells us that they're off track. No man knows the day nor the hour that Jesus is going to return. And sadly enough, it's not uh, physical warfare that we're in. Ephesians 6, 12 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. against the rulers of darkness of this world. Do you know this morning that there are people who are meeting in churches who are worshiping Satan and praying for your demise? Do you know that we have nations filled with people in leadership who have wickedness in their hearts? And it's against spiritual wickedness in high places that we're warring against. There are people who have powerful positions who are off track, who know nothing about God and nothing about what He stands for, who, know, who don't understand that we're a Christian nation As the last I heard, we were one nation under God. And I hope we always can say that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of this world. And it's our own responsibility for each of us to know and to understand the Scripture and allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us through His Word and through His Spirit so that we know when those things come and we're warring against those principalities and powers that we know we can stand because Christ stands with us. Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. Don't let anyone deceive you. If it doesn't sound right, it probably isn't right. But there is hope. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There is not one other religion that I know of on the planet anywhere who can declare that they serve a risen Savior. Nowhere. All of the prophets, all of the leaders have died and they're dead. But thank God this morning we can stand and say, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. He is alive, and He has promised to come back and claim us as His own and take us to His uh, eternal home in heaven. By the way, as I read the Scriptures, it says, I think a lot of us think that when we get to heaven, we're going to have a mansion. And I don't know if I read that wrong or what. 
But I don't read that in there. The scripture says, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He didn't say he was preparing a mansion. He said, yeah, go to prepare a place for you. I'm kind of glad for that in a way, you know. I don't know if I'd want to live in a mansion. I kind of like living just back off the road in a nice little quiet place, you know. So if I could live just off the Golden Street over there somewhere by the creek and listen to the water ripple by, I would be okay with that, you know. All you guys can have the mansions you want, you know, and all the upkeep and whatever else. Just thought I'd throw that in. Colossians one twenty seven says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All that we have and all that we do should be about Christ living in us and working through us. For the rest of the world. Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. He promised us all this before He even created the world. He had this promise. And down through the Scriptures and down through all of the time that I have studied and read and all of the things, and, and even in my lifetime, I cannot give you one example where Christ has lied to me or failed me in any way. And I can't believe he will fail us here. The uh, hope of eternal life. He gave us that promise before he even created the world. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If there's ever a time that we need to begin looking, I think we need to start looking. I know that uh, there are probably things that are going to have to take place before he comes, but I'm not going to predict that. Only God knows when he will return, send his son and, and send, give him, send him on his mission to come back and uh, claim his church. The thing that we need to do is be prepared. And it's easy to talk about that. And it's easy to discuss that. And, it, and we can think about that. But somewhere along the line, we need to come up in, in our own being with the urgency to understand that we need to do this. Too many times things happen and people, oh, if I'd have known, if I would have known, if I would have known, well, we know. So we need to look and be prepared Scoffers will come. People are going to make fun. Blasphemers will step out. They will curse God's name and they will blaspheme His name. Vicious attacks on Christians. Have we seen any of that lately? Vicious attacks. 
that's a time when you need to have it settled in your heart beforehand, not decide one way or the other. At that point, you need to understand what you believe and why you believe what you believe so that when that attack comes, I can say, by the grace of God, I stand in what I believe and what I know. Vicious attacks on Christians. Denial of the Trinity. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He gives us a three-pronged attack. How precious is He in your heart today? Hold fast to your salvation. There's eternal hope promised all through God's Word. All through the Scriptures, there's eternal hope that's promised to us. It's provided there for us that we would know the signs of the world and choose to hold on to Christ, the solid rock, to see us through. Because in the end, I can tell you this morning, Christ is our only hope. Father in heaven, today we give thanks to you for your word, for your Holy Spirit, for your bountiful blessing upon us, for giving us this free country to live in, for the freedom to worship you as we choose. We pray that it would not be wasted, but that we would use it to the best of our ability. Not only that we can be saved, but that we can reach others with the blessed, glorious hope of salvation that you have provided for us all. Lord, throughout this day and through this week, may your name be ever glorified on our lips and lifted up. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. pray for the people here today that you would bless us as we go forth, Lord, as we go to our jobs and our schools and our our families and in our neighborhoods, Lord, and as we go to the park to bring the message of the gospel to children, Lord, we just pray you would you would bless our efforts and uh, make uh, prepare a path for us. Lord, we thank you for your presence and your power in our lives through your Holy Spirit, and it's through the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.